scared should we be? I mean, I, I interviewed um, a guy called a Guardian journalist called Jonathan Watts, who wrote a book about China and the environment. He said, you know, looking at, at China, um, we may have already gone past the point of, of, of no return. He was. Is this a dark time for you as an environmental campaigner? I'm not going to let it be a dark time. I don't think we have time for it to be a dark time. It is, it is, you ask how frightened should we be? Well, there's certainly evidence to be as frightened as you want to be. Uh, you know, fear and anger are, are twin or related emotions. Uh, one is productive and one is not. Um, I, I think fear is ultimately going to be, uh, I think it's necessary for a while, but I think we have to put it down and be uh, be angry and active. And, and fear can really shut you down. Fear fear can trigger a flight response. It can flicker, trigger a uh, you know comatose response. Uh, uh, grief can do the same thing. I think um, I think it you know it's about a two month period of of uh, honoring the fear, but. At some point, it's going to be an indulgence, uh, and, and there's not going to be. It's going to rob our efficiency and energy. And, and I think uh, I think anger will be a good transition into just the straight-ahead work of resistance. And what should we do? Can Can you give um, yeah you know me personally some advice about what I should be doing? Um, I I always feel that awful sense of you know probably complacent hopelessness. So I sit at home and and complain. And I've... everybody's asking that top to bottom. East, West, North, South. What do we do? What do we do? Uh, kind of what what worked for the other side. I mean, people spent eight years belly aching about the Clintons and demonizing them, like it sucks. But that's that's part of the uh, the basic fabric of, of changing cultures is to uh, to say no. I'm not going to allow this culturally in, in my country in my world. Uh, speak out against it. Uh, large. Gatherings, small gatherings, protest marches are, are helpful. Uh, just inundation of, of op-eds and letters, but but again, the person-to-person -person conversations that we're seeing—that's that, a start. Um, I think another thing that I find solace in is is working extremely locally in in communities with with issues uh, at home where you can have a huge influence. Whether it's you know it's it's the water quality in your your borough or neighborhood or uh, or or you know in, in my valley in the yak I have this this little group that I've been uh, a part of for 20 years now and we're we're working on natural resource issues you know within a community of 100 people and and uh, we're really facing um, some real challenges now with with the administration coming trying to deregulate and, and, and liquidate trying to sell public land uh, so we're digging in and fighting at the local level which really feels good. I mean, it's terrifying if we lose, but it feels good to be doing something. I was, I was fascinated about reading you about um, the idea of protests and, and getting arrested, and where, where would you personally draw the line? I don't know the answer to that question. I think okay. we'll see as it develops. I, I, I think the rules are changing as we speak, and so I don't have an answer to that. You know, I'm not advocating <clears throat> violence. Uh, you know, fighting violence breeds more violence. Uh, but I, by the same token, I'm not going to say here's what I'll do and here's what I won't do. I don't know. We're facing uh, what we're facing is unprecedented. There's a huge debate in, in upstate New York and in various areas about things like fracking. Uh, a huge part of Trump's kind of message is this idea of I want to create jobs. I want to you know make America great again. Um, the, uh, th these issues are, are being debated in in Britain too. That there are very depressed former coal mining areas being 
being sort of seduced with the promise of jobs and money and, and regeneration through things like that. What would you say to, to, to those sorts of people in, in those areas who, who might welcome that, that kind of investment? What do you want to give your children? What do, you want, do you really want to, to give them a world where, where they have to move away from the coast, where the, you know, where the rising sea level displaces you know, a billion humans? Is it, you know, if you just, just go rob a bank if you need the money because it, there's, there's no difference. You're robbing from the future. You're robbing from the present. You're taking away people's health. You're, you're, you know, it's, it's at some point armed with the knowledge that we have about coal and, and hydrocarbons. It becomes immoral to pursue it there. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have much sympathy for uh, people who say this is the only answer for, for work. I mean, we came through uh, a recession in 2007, 2008 that was, you know, um, really the equivalent of the Great Depression of the 30s. And, and uh, I don't know if we'll ever see it again, but you know, it wasn't a real good time for writers, but I didn't go write for the Republicans just because I needed a job. You know, I just rolled up my my worked harder and took any job doing anything I could, and uh, you know, kept my dignity if not my resources. And uh, I didn't do, do anything I was ashamed of. And, and uh, yeah, there's there's there are other other forms of labor other than digging and burning coal. Is that I mean, is that kind of the, the, the world's the world is facing a global labor shortage. I mean, it, it you know, manual labor is going to be in in great need and supply it already is uh, you know that's that's an artificial myth i'm not saying that the, the coal miners are skilled in going out and constructing solar panels at this at this point but there there's always something you can always do something other than wrong stories over the last few days and that sense of of a constant the, the sense your stories give me of of a broader history whether it's the history of Rodney trying to get in touch with with, a, with an older um, the older roots of a, of, 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 a, of a, a place but also just the sense of we've only we're only going to be here for five seconds we might want to have a broader perspective than the one we're, we're currently having which seems to be increasingly sort of eroded can art participate in, in that way about breeding empathy, about breeding a sense of perspective at a time where it seems to be in such, under such kind of assault? It does seem yeah. to be one of the things that reading and reading the kind of, of work that, 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 you've, that you've produced, um, whether it's through a sense of wonder, a sense of, of getting engaged with, with our own sort of, not insignificance, but our, the, the brevity of our time. Um, maybe we owe more to the planet than um, what the next five minutes will bring. Well, and, and it, again, I think a question of, of, of dignity. I mean, uh, we have empowered uh, corporations to uh, use us more than ever, like empty, like styrofoam cups that they'll just use and throw away when they're done. And and we know that. And and to anything we do to empower that relationship, that abusive relationship, is you know takes away the brief dignity we have the opportunity to to pursue while we're alive. And then after we're not alive. It doesn't matter. I feel like mm -hmm. I've been seduced often. I mean, I sometimes I do sometimes wonder if, particularly in Britain, if we have replaced a kind of religious sense, or what we've replaced it with, with is a kind of consumerism. And I, I've got a small child, and I do I do worry um, about the kind of values and how do we import those values. And um, I have problems with religion, but uh, 
it, it did instill something in, in, in people that maybe we've lost or we haven't found a way to kind of replace. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel that in, in this country as well, that um, I don't know so much it's been a, a seduction as just we've allowed ourselves to have our attention pulled away from what, from, from where it was and, and directed somewhere else, uh, almost more of a, a hypnosis, a, a narcotized mm. uh, hypnosis, a manipulation more than, because what we're looking at is really not that attractive. Uh, it's just more what we've become accustomed to, to looking at, uh, you know, just whether it's pink plastic sandals or, uh, you know, or, you know, any of the, uh, any of the obvious fill in the blank material monstrosities or nonsensities that, that are being sold, uh, uh, or any of the ideas or, or, or lies or, or, uh, altered truths that are being sold. We, we, we have lost the ability to, uh, we've allowed ourselves to lose the ability to, uh, you know, to make decisions, really. And to be sceptical in that, I guess I've sort of been thinking, yeah. I've been thinking a lot about this in the 19th century sense of just questioning and it's, questioning and questioning. And Exactly. No, you, that, to be sceptical, I think, is one of the tools that was taken, we allowed to be taken away from us. And yeah, it, it goes to the heart of consumerism. I mean, what if you're, a, if you're a marketer, that's your goal, is to take away skepticism. That's your, that's your primary goal. And you hammer, you hammer your market until they cannot no longer be skeptical, but have to say yes. Uh, yeah, it's, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, again, Whitman, uh, you know, mm. obey little, resist much. Uh, yeah. We've lost the ability to be skeptical or resist. We've allowed ourselves to. Yeah. Do you see any cause for hope in, in, the, in the very immediate future, in, 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 in the, the way that people are gathering themselves to try and... To, to resist um, I do yeah. no I mean I, I, I think uh, I, I think Trump has overplayed his his hand uh, and if I'm if I'm right it'll be a glorious thing to uh, participate in and witness and if I'm wrong uh, I'll run into the woods and and uh, yeah <laughs> catch fish and eat deer. which I always forget to ask. Um, I, I was curious about you were talking about the two halves of you and about your writing day and, and your working day. How, how, does, how does that work? This is the more sort of... Do, is, write, is, is the writing the thing you do straight away? Is that your first... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, just silence and coffee. Yeah, no, I start early before, before I get too agitated. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's hard to go into a dream when you're agitated. So you, you kind of want to slip into it unannounced and, and unobtrusively, yeah. Do you do you write by by hand? Is it pen and and paper, or is there a com computer? Um, or no, I, I write write by hand. It, no, it's it's a little quieter to write by hand. So I really sneak up on a story. It's like it's like hunting. Yeah. So it, it, does it give you anything else? Is there, is there something sensual about the the pen on on paper? Do you have to use a particular pen? Um, I have pens that I like, but if I don't have one of them, I'm not going to. You know, not write that day. I'll put it that way. Yeah. We've talked a little bit about the kind of the strange sort of perhaps joy is the wrong word of writing. Does it does it have a cost? I mean, the Mary Oliver quote at the end of the book. I wondered if the cost on a on a family has it had a cost for for, for you the actual right writer's life? You know, cost is. I don't think it'd be the right word. There is a there is a uh, a commitment that uh, uh, needs to be. Uh, 
addressed. I mean, uh, you know, parenting is, is, is the best work I've ever ever known. And it's, it's about nothing but problem solving. You know, you talk about writing a short story, be problem solving. I mean, you've got one goal, you know, to provide and protect your, and educate your, you know, instruct your, your children. That's, uh, that's all consuming. Uh, so that writing, you know, is almost um, a meditative uh, form of uh, therapeutic uh, escape from that larger goal. And, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, Sometimes there's conflict between those two, mm. and you, you just you learn to navigate it. Um, how, but, how, uh, how old are your? Do you mind if I ask how old your your kids are? They're old. They're they're grown up. Uh, uh, they're uh, 25 and 22. Oh, so wow. uh, you know, I miss I miss those days. Uh, uh, as they're reminding me every day, we're grown up now. You don't have to. You don't have to be that way anymore, Dad. So I'm, uh, I'm in transition. What What do they? Can you mind if I ask what they What they do? I'm just, this is for my own personal. Yeah. Uh, um... Sure. The oldest uh, is is a, a stem cell research uh, communicator and advocate uh, wow. working in California, and uh, just just amazing uh, amazing work, uh, regenerative medicine, and, and uh, just you know a great a great uh, activist, and uh, and the and the uh, youngest is is an environmental nonfiction writer and, and uh, great literary mind and critic and and wow. uh, writer and reader and, and uh, really. You know, on the cutting edge of a lot of uh, uh, change that's going on in in the nonfiction and particularly environmental nonfiction uh, oh, wow. writing world in this country. Really exciting stuff. So they're both they're both very active and very proud of them. So you give it. It sounds like you've given them a strong sense of those values that I was kind of worrying about. Because it's, it's it's my new anxiety. It's like you know, if if if, <laughs> if my child turns out to be. You know, she's she's a girl, but you know, could she be uh, the next Donald Trump or something? I don't know what I do. You know, you just you'd feel such. I think it's another way of saying I feel such responsibility of wanting, without wishing to impose things, wanting her to to go and beat Donald Trump up. How do I? Yeah, I mean, I sometimes I wish that they weren't activists because it can be uh, taxing to you know the war quality of of activism can can be taxing on you, but. I'm, I'm very happy that they're proactive and, and feel more active instead of passive and, 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 and don't feel like such victims to, you know, to, uh, to wrong. So, so it's good. You've been really kind with your time. What's, what's the rest of your day like? I will let you go and do something far more interesting. And I can vaguely say over your, your shoulder, it looks like it's not. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty day out there. I don't know if, that, if that's, uh, I'm going to drive drive north and uh, uh, and go home. Oh my go God. Home yeah, no, it's, uh, that's, that's the crazy mountains. And uh, yeah, it's the edge of springtime here already. Wow. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head home to the Yak. So this, is this where you write? You're in your writer's... I, I live in two places. I teach, uh, I teach here in, in uh, near near Bozeman. I'm, I'm in a place called Paradise Valley right now. Great name. And, uh, and then I'm going, I'm going home to, to my permanent home in the Yak Valley. I'll go home this evening. And, uh, and that's where I do most of my work. But okay. these two places, back and forth, yeah. Oh, wow. It looks, oh, it looks utterly beautiful. It really is. No, it's... it's uh, 